Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Put our hands together to show of honor and appreciation to Pastor Bill Sanders and... Uh, now, you didn't send me any of the stories for me to approve, so we'll... <laughs> Do I have your permission to have fun? Yes. At his expense? Well, I lost a few there on the second one, Gary. I remember sitting in the Snack Shack board meeting when you and Dwayne Timmons were interviewed for credentials in Grace International, and that's a long time ago. I was on the board then. I was a board member, B-O-R-E-D. So yeah, Pastor and his beautiful wife, we go back a long time. I'll go back a long time with uh, Pastor Mike and Teresa and your family. Mike's father really was one of the persons responsible for us surviving in Sutherland. And that's the truth. Not only sent us a check every month, but he came and remodeled the building. We started there in 1973 with two elderly ladies that didn't like each other. So you got a church split right off, right off the bat, you know. And uh, they passed away and went to heaven. I, I have to fact check that last part. But <laughs> amazing thing is that there are four generations of that family in the church today of, of one of those elderly ladies. Um, we also great friends with Larry and Grace Mulkey. In fact, Grace's father was the assistant pastor in Colonial Tabernacle in Long Beach, California, when my family had begun attending that church. It was then called the California Evangelistic Association. And Brother Maul was the assistant pastor. He had a brand new wife named Velma, and Grace was not uh, alive at that time. She came along shortly thereafter. So we have a lot of history here. Last Sunday, um, I sat right there where you're sitting, uh, Gary, and listened to a great message, took a page of notes, and I plan to, to preach it soon. Uh, and not, 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 not here. I'll I was hard on somebody else, but I felt kind of vulnerable sitting right there in that seat. Uh, reminded of a, a, a guy who started preaching, and and uh, he wanted to he wanted to emphasize his point and his title because he was preaching on "Behold, I Come Quickly," and he got back and he rushed the podium and "Behold, I Come Quickly," and he did it about three times. And on the third times, the the podium fell over and he landed right there in a the lady's lap. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I feel so terrible. She said, I should have expected it. You warned me three times. <laughs> so if you want to move over a chair, you can. Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to wander around just a little bit in a couple of chapters. I'm not smart enough to put my notes like on computer where you can put them up there like your pastor did last Sunday. I do not even own a computer. Is there anybody in here besides me that does not own a computer? 
four of you. I'll, I'll try to get up to speed, but I got one and it got hacked and all kinds of stuff started showing up on my computer. And, and uh, so I threw it out. I don't know what else to do. I do have a phone, an iPhone, and uh, my wife uses that to shop online. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6 kind of ties chapter 5 and chapter 6 together. It gives us some insight into the prophet Isaiah, who was, he was a prophet. He was very unique, but he became a very close friend of the king, who was King Uzziah. He was actually a prophet under four kings, Uzziah, Ahaz, Josiah, and Hezekiah. But under Uzziah, Isaiah, as a fairly young man, was, was, he was in the catbird seat. He was cool. Close friends of the king. And quite opinionated. As you read the fifth chapter, he gives about 12 or 13 of his opinions now, he was a spiritual man, and some of these opinions are somewhat spiritual, and some of them were Isaiah. Do you ever have stuff like that? The things, things going on around him that just, just bugged him, things that irritated him, things that offended him. Stuff like, I was driving this morning to pick up my friend David Dixon. We're both PKs. We think a lot alike. We're strange in that direction. Uh, <laughs> David and I go way back too. Your dad was on the board with me when he was interviewed, okay? So, <laughs> right. so I'm trying, going to pick up David. I got behind somebody going 15 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, and they stopped for a green light. Does that bug anybody besides me? Does anybody here get impatient when there's somebody going slow in the fast lane on the freeway? Am I among friends? Come on, lighten up with me. Do you do that? So what do you say? What are the words you say? Come on, I want to hear what you say. Move it or lose it, right? Now, my brother's retired state patrolman, and uh, he finished his last several years at the Ridgefield truck stop. He has some stories to tell. And he said, if we were cruising the freeway and we saw a semi in Washington in the fast lane and a three lane, when there's three lanes, he's getting a ticket. (laughs) My brother was also an Army veteran. I was in the Army. I was in jungle school at Fort Polk. And our unit got shipped to Vietnam, but my brother was already in Vietnam, so they couldn't send me. So they sent me to Fort Carson, Colorado. And I was an outstanding soldier because the Viet Cong never got past Colorado. (laughs) My commanding officer came in one day and he says, what would you like to be in the Army if you had your choice? I'm a draftee. I said, I'd like to be a chaplain's assistant. He said, you got it. Sent me to chaplain school in New York City. I was a chaplain's assistant, and then they sent me to ski school. And I still ski. I've got my season pass for this year. (laughs) Anyway, back to this going slow in the fast lane. Isaiah had a whole lot of that stuff in chapter 5. He starts with woe. And the first one, let me just translate it, is woe woe are those that build subdivisions in places where I like to hang out in the country. Now, you can read it right there in chapter 5. Woe are those that build house next to house next to house so that I have no place to go and find peace. Do you live in a subdivision? So do I. Isaiah, deal with it. 
Woe are those that get up early to the first one at the bar. Woe are those that don't even notice the, the beauty of the sunrise. It bugs me if the people drag their sinful habits around as if they've got a cool trailer. I'm really irritated by people who expect God to work on their schedule. You can read all through fifth chapter of Isaiah, and he just, he don't like nobody. He's had such a privileged life being cool with King Uzziah that he just gives all his opinions of things that really irritate him. And not terribly spiritual, although he gets spiritual at the end. He says, I, I really don't like those that call evil good and good evil, or call light dark and dark light, or who call bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Those are legitimate, but some of the other ones were just Isaiah. And then King Isaiah died. Chapter 6, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Isn't it amazing when, having lost sight of the king, he got to see the king of kings? He saw really... Authority. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he did fly. Exactly as the way John saw it in the book of Revelation. Picture perfect. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken at the voice of him who cried. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me. Father, I thank you for your word today, and I pray that you give me the wisdom to communicate this one simple truth. Lord, the simple truth that you keep reminding me, I don't care how long we've been around ministry, been around people, there's something we have to learn. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Sunday school, I was thinking, Mike, when you were up there playing, we may sing it after a bit, probably the first song we learned in Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. There was a bazaar at the United Methodist Church in Washougal yesterday where they sold baked goods and Christmas items. The place was jam-packed with people. I called this morning, the church. I didn't get to talk to anybody, but the message on their phone was, thank you for calling Washougal United Methodist Church, where everyone is welcome. There are no exceptions. I like that. And then I said to them on the recording, please check the book of Leviticus, because I believe it's a sin to sell that much sweets in the basement of the church. to people that need Jesus more than chocolate chip cookies. And I'm sure I'm going to hear back from the lady pastor who's a wonderful person. But they had run out of chocolate chip cookies by the time I got there, and I know that's a sin. No exceptions. In this little phrase, woe is me, Isaiah literally says, it's not about me. He's given all of his opinions of the things that bug him and the things that offend him and the things that he thinks should be eliminated to make his life better. And God shows up and shows him a picture of the king of kings sitting on the throne and said, Isaiah, thank you for your opinions, but it's not about you. Thank you for letting us know how you feel or how you've been trained or how your mind processes stuff, but it's not about you. I really get bugged at stuff, too. I was walking on the, that dike in Washougal 
that they made where you, everybody goes for walks with their dogs? There's a sign right there when you start on the trail. It says, please pick up after your dog. And I stepped in the biggest pile. Try to get that stuff off your boots. When you got those lug soles. And I'm every which way in the grass and my grandson's laughing at me. He said, Pop, I told you it was there. I don't hear good. I didn't hear what he said. You're about to step in. And boom, and I stepped in it. Somebody didn't pick. That just irritates me to death right there. Some friends of ours from Roseburg came. They own a restaurant down there. And they're really, they're, they're kind of flush. And <laughs> wonderful people. Came up and took us to Red Lobster. Just the other day. Right over there by the mall. Then they were going to take my wife to Macy's and I put the kibosh right there. No way. She wants to do that. She can do it on my iPhone. Took us to Red Lobster and we're sitting there and they're having filet mignon and I've never had lobster, by the way. I'll, I'll take oysters or salmon any day of the week, but I've never had lobster. And I didn't even then, although they tried to get me to, but right across from us, there's a, a couple and they were having lobster. And she got out her phone and got a hold of her grandkids and said, Oh, look, Poppy's having lobster. And she's loud and she's taking pictures and videos of their lobster. And we're trying to enjoy our dinner. And she's just ha- having a big time showing her and Pop. Where do they learn this stuff? That just was driving me. I was offended. I wanted to go over there and just take that lobster and shove it up her nose. But... There's a little drive-in in Washougal called the K&M. Good burgers. We found it. We were sitting at K&M just a couple weeks ago on a Friday night, sitting outside eating our hamburger. And right next to me was a beautiful full-bag Harley, turquoise and white. On the back was a skeleton, a full skeleton in the back seat. Just at the other end of the Harley, at the front of it, there were three guys smoking and joking, and the smoke was coming right our way. I hate cigarette smoke. Coming right over us, and they're smoking and joking and laughing right there in front of the Harley. And for about 10 minutes, I'm sitting there, and I said to my wife, this is so inappropriate that they would stand there and smoke, and the smoke's coming right over us. Don't they have any manners? Didn't they learn anything? Don't they realize we're old and it's hard enough getting our breath? We don't need to smoke a pack of camels with our hamburger. And God spoke to me as clear as as I can hear his voice. And he said, Sanders, it's not about you. So I prayed and I said, God, give me wisdom. And I walked over to the three guys that were standing and I said, excuse me, guys. How long do I have to sit here at that table with my hamburger waiting to hear what that Harley sounds like? The short dude with the black jacket with the skull and crossbones on the back and all the mean names on the front. He said, dude, you want to hear my Harley? You're going to hear my Harley. He walked over and it had shotguns with nothing inside them. He fired that up, and you could see people that were waiting in line, plugging their ears, putting their hands over, brum, brum, brum. and he revved that thing up, and when he got done, I thumbs up, and he walked over there, and my ears are probably still ringing, and I said, wow, thank you. I've been sitting over there waiting for that for about 15 minutes. I didn't tell him the whole story. I said, I'm Bill. 
And he reached out and he said, my name's Harley. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no, that's my real name. I'm Harley. And the second guy said, I'm David. And the third one said, I'm Rick. And I said, well, do you all have bikes? Yeah. He said, I've got a broken shoulder. I wrecked mine just a couple of days ago. So we're standing there talking for a while. Finally, Harley looks at me and says, who are you? I mean, I've never met you before, have I? I said, no, I'm Bill. I just moved here from Oregon and... Uh, I'm a retired preacher. You know, immediately their whole conversation changed. They lost several letters of the alphabet right there. I said, what I'd really like, just chatting with you guys, we're new in town. I said, I'd just like to pray a blessing over you. And Harley said, I would take that. And I looked at David, he said, yeah, I used to go to church. I still go once in a while. I'm Messianic Jew. I'm David. I'm duh. <laughs> and Rick said, I'm okay with that. So I put my hand on Harley's shoulder, and he didn't take that. Come here, Randy. I put my hand on his shoulder. Now just reach up and grab me like you love me. He did just like that. And we made a four-person huddle where our faces were right together. And I said, Harley, would you begin the prayer? He said, dude, you want me to pray? I said, I sure do. His first two words were Heavenly Father. We have a common denominator here, people, with every hurting person outside this church. Father God. Father God. Father God, you want to look at the lineage of our family. Some of them were pretty sketchy. David wouldn't qualify for membership in many churches. And neither would Abraham. Father God. He prayed a simple prayer. He stumbled through it. And then David prayed, and you could tell he'd been to church a few times. And then Rick prayed. And it got to me, I'm bawling my eyes out. Because it's not about me. It's about Harley and David and Rick. It's not about cigarette smoke or people building subdivisions. It's not about people driving slow in the fast lane. It's Jesus died for every one of these hurting, broken people. He let Isaiah know, it's not about you. My oldest son goes down every week and he lives in Hood River where the rich people live. He goes down to the homeless place every week and takes their grocery orders and goes and gets their groceries and takes it back. And people say, why do you do this? He says, because I love you. In this chapter, it doesn't stop with it's not about me. Then one of the seraphims flew to me and had a live coal in his hand and he touched my lips. And he said, your sin and your iniquity is taken away from you. And Isaiah said, that feels good. You touched my lips. He said, oh, it's not about feeling good. It's about I want you to go and find the herita right there. I want you to go and find the hurting people everywhere around you and speak to them the love of God, the Father God we have as a common denominator. Isaiah said, who, who, who did you say you were going to sin? God says, who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me.
It's not about me anymore. It's about them. We had a guy come in our church one Sunday, stoned out of his mind. One took over the line, sweet Jesus. One took over the line. You people don't know that song? I could sing Proud Mary to you from beginning to end. Where's my CCR friends? Come on. Thank you, John Fogarty. This guy was, came in the church, had a long coat, dreadlocks, looked demon-possessed. And I met him as he came in the door, and I said, Welcome to the Father's house. He said, you may not want me here. I visited another church in town last Sunday, and they pushed me out the front door and said, we don't want your kind in this church. That's William Powell, one of the most successful pastors in the Northwest today, who came into that service stoned and left out, left the service filled with the Holy Spirit, transformed life. Brought his girlfriend the next week and she came three Sundays in a row. So it's tweaked she could hardly see. And then God got a hold of her. And she's one of the greatest worship leaders you'll ever hear. Why? Because it's not about me. I was driving down the street in Southern one day and saw a guy walking along with a suit. It was William Powell, the one that had come in that service had a suit on. So I pulled over and I says, where are you going, Will? He said, you don't want to know. I said, yeah, I do. He said, I'm going to court. I'm facing five years. I've got several felonies and I'm a fugitive from Marin County, California. I said, get in. I'm going to court with you. So we went to court and finally the judge calls him forward. And I know the judge. I know him quite well. And I mean, I raised three sons in Sutherland. Come on, people. <laughs> And the judge called William Ford, and he says, before I open your file, did you come in with Pastor Bill? And he said, yes, I did. He said, Pastor Bill, would you come up here? So I walked up there. He said, if I open his file, I know I have to give him five years minimum. I'm not going to open his file. I'm going to set it aside. I'm going to ask if you will bring him back in six months on a personal recognizance, and let's see what this young man has become. In six months, he came back and testified to the court of what God can do. That he was drug-free. That he was clean. That he had faced his charges in California. Got him cleared off his record. And was ready to accept whatever this judge had. The judge sentenced him to about 400 hours of community service. And then thanked him for sharing his testimony to the court. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord too. In the year that the things that I thought were really important, I saw God and realized that what was really important is not about me. I'd like to challenge you this morning to let us minister to you individually. If you would come forward, we'll just have them walk by. We're going to touch you with the coal from off the altar. So you go out of this church seeing the way Isaiah saw, feeling. You don't have to have a gift of talking to people. You just got to want to hear the sound of a Harley. Put up with a little cigarette smoke and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. They touched Isaiah's lips and he became a whole different person. 
You read the rest of the book of Isaiah. He was absolutely addicted to the opportunity of talking to people about the love of God. He was no longer offended by subdivisions or sinners. He was anointed to take Jesus out there. I saw somebody post yesterday. It said, we're saying people that are hurting and broken reach out to Jesus. And Jesus is saying to us, you reach out to them. Every time you encounter people, it's an opportunity. We were under the bridge swimming up, up by the mercantile Washougal, and there was a couple there swimming, I would say late 40s. And God said, there's an opportunity. Now, she needed a lot more clothes on, so I had to kind of look up while I talked to him. But I got to share God's love with him, and he was in church the next Sunday. And he sat there in church and said, I've needed this all my life. Is there anybody besides me that wants a fresh coal from off the altar so we can just share the love of God to people that we encounter? You can be sitting in a bus stop. I don't care. The person beside you, if they will talk to you, they are vulnerable. If they will say, hello, how are you? They just opened up the door. If they look you in the eye, they opened up the door because it's not about me. I've had a lot of Jesus. I've been to church a lot. I've been prayed over a lot. I got my tank full. Now it's about somebody out there that's hurting. Stand to your feet, would you, this morning? How many of you have an empty seat by you today? How many will say, with God's help, I will fill that seat next Sunday? Hold them up. With God's help. Come on, church. It's not about us. It's not about us. I'm going to find somebody that needs God and fill one of these seats. The gospel is really simple. I can understand it. That's how I know it's simple. People are really hurting. They say COVID's either made you a drunk or a monk. People are hurting. They need that seat. If you will give God an opportunity... He's going to touch your lips today and say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? You're going to say, here am I. Send me. Just begin to come and file right by Pastor Gary and Susan. Would you come? Would you come? Pastor Teresa, would you come? As you come by, we're just going to touch you and say, in Jesus' name, go.